The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What makes a successful entrepreneur? One who is constantly worried about the success of their business to the point where they don't have any time for themselves? Or one who keeps an eye on business but also makes time for the rest of their life? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn how to create an amazing, successful business and still have time for a life. Now, here's Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. If you're in business or a leader or manager, you most likely plan for the recruitment and onboarding of your employees. But do you plan for and prepare an exit strategy to manage the natural process of evolution of the life cycle of an employee in your organisation or for your organisation itself? Our guest today, Executive Leadership Coach and Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, Hemda Mizrahi, is going to share with you how to design an exit strategy that honours both your company and your employees' career contributions. She's also going to introduce you to some tools to help you to feel more productive and in control when you are managing difficult transitions such as changes in job functions, roles or changing performance requirements for yourself and your employees. Welcome, Hemda. Thank you, Shirley. It's great to be here. Oh, Hemda, I'm really excited. You're a fellow radio host and uh, I have to say I've, I've gone a little nervous, so we'll uh, get over <laughs> that in a minute. <laughs> it's it's like, going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, Hemda, you're no slouch when it comes to education and experience. You have a master's degree in counselling and organisational psychology. You're a board-certified coach and you specialise in executive and leadership development. You're also a trained mediator, image consultant and certified wellness coach and licensed therapist. In your work, you partner with clients on issues related to career transition, lifestyle management and performance and more recently you have been working with elite athletes, helping them transition from playing. As an organisational effectiveness consultant, you also collaborate with businesses to address gaps in the employee and customer experience. And you're also certified in the research-based 360-degree feedback assessments developed by the Centre for Creative Leadership and, of course, as we've mentioned, a fellow radio show host. So, Hemda, let's start with what you found working with elite athletes and top performers in general. It's funny. Just this morning, I saw an advertisement for milk, of all things, and the advertisement featured an article entitled, U.S. Olympic Athletes Are Built not born for their sport. And I think, <laughs> I think that captures really well a hallmark of elite performers. Mm-hmm. Probably over 10 years ago, I don't even have a citation for this, 
But I read about a survey of Olympians in which the athletes were asked if they missed those peak moments of being a part of the Olympics. The overwhelming response from the athletes was that it wasn't the glory of the games they missed, but rather the everyday of training and discipline that got them to the Olympics. So that experience of focus and purpose and self-efficacy, the belief they could work through their kinks and reach an even higher level of performance. Wow. So so it wasn't that one point in time. You know, we, we're all told to go for a goal and with elite performers in, in any field, not just in athletics, we know that they're elite. Yes, they might be talented, but they're certainly putting in the discipline, they're putting in the work, they've got that focus, as you say. And that's really interesting that when they did the study that they found that it wasn't that glory moment that they actually missed and I'm sitting here thinking wow that's really interesting they missed all the hard work exactly so I would say that dedication to the routines you know it's, it's all those unglamorous things the changes that you're required to make to reach peak experiences is an important quality of top performers and I recently was watching a surfing competition and it was very interesting to see one of the surfers actually had a really bad uh, crash into the water. And the commentators were saying that it's amazing. This person went pretty deep into the waters and came up with a smile on his face. And their point was that there's such intense training that goes into being in very diverse situations as an elite performer that you train yourself to remain calm in situations where the unexpected might occur. And that's really all in the day to day. So it's because of that training that you're able to remain calm when things go awry. Right. It's, it's, and it's also connected to a term that's used in a, applied sports psychology, which is called productive per- perfectionism. And this productive perfectionism is about the high standards that elite athletes have. They aim really high, and at the same time, they have the flexibility to learn from their mistakes. So there's that learning component that you're not just acquiring learning, because it's so easy for all of us to acquire learning. Mm -hmm. So many courses look interesting and trainings look interesting. The issue, though, is how you can take that learning and actually integrate it into your habits and behaviors such that you can improve your performance. And you've mentioned that a couple of times now um, is to integrate it into the habits and behaviors. And so if, if we look at elite performers, and particularly um, in athletics, and then if we look at elite performers, say in, in business or even in uh, academics, have you found that it's this ability to integrate these habits and behaviours into their their normal working day that helps them to become, you know, the top performers? Is like, is that across the board? That's been my experience because essentially, it's about change, mm-hmm. right? And change can be really hard for for many of us or most of us. And the idea is that if we reach a point where we learn to become more versatile in how we learn by adopting different types of learning tactics, 
then that facilitates the train the change process and it helps us also to accomplish something that's very important for change which is to build our confidence in our ability to achieve these changes and to sustain the results mm, and and that's part of what we want to talk about today is helping people to um you know, manage these difficult transitions, manage change, such as changes in job functions or roles or changing performance requirements. And um, what you're talking about there, change can be hard for most of us, but you said an interesting point there. The more versatile we become in how we learn, then that helps to facilitate the change process. So I'm really curious, you know, what more can you tell us about that? Well, Actually, the Center for Creative Leadership offers a really excellent assessment that's about learning tactics. And in that assessment, they identify four different tactics, one of them being looking at your feelings. So actually acknowledging how you feel and what kind of behavior results from that feeling. So you might feel angry and Mm -hmm. you might, as a result, avoid or procrastinate. Mm-hmm. So taking a look at, at that, acknowledging it helps you, as it relates to a learning challenge, let's say, frees you up to better manage your anxiety and your uncertainty. So mm-hmm. that's one element of a learning tactic. Mm-hmm. You know, then another one you have would be thinking, which is approaching a situation with logic and, anal- and um, analysis, where you're looking at hypothetical situations, You're looking at what happened in the past to help to inform your current decision making. So that's where you you take a look at how you can be prepared to handle the situation that you anticipate or the one that you're in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there are a few others that we can talk about. And the idea is that when you take a look at this assessment, you take a look also at where your gaps are and where you could focus more attention to change your results. Okay. And, and I'm just thinking about that when um, when I first became a radio host, <laughs> I can tell you when you, you mentioned you might become angry. Oh, I used to become so stressed out. You know, there's so many moving parts for me, the timing, my introduction, the, the time till the break, listening to the guest, and it was like, ah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. uh, but now it's it's you know it's formed part of that habit that you were talking about and the behaviour that um, even when things go awry it doesn't really phase me. Last uh, time I was uh, on with a, a live interview and in the middle of it we lost the guest and uh, you know in my beginning times I would have just freaked out with that and probably hung up. <laughs> but you know this time I just carried on and so I. I think what you're saying there is if, as we're learning and uh, and how we learn is to acknowledge our feelings and, um, you know, how you feel when you're learning. Is that what you're saying there? Yeah, and what a great feeling that is, right? Uh-huh. When you're in that place that you're describing where you can experience the same thing very differently and you can see how you've grown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that gives you more confidence. For, for further development and change. Yeah, and it's a bit of a conundrum for me for, for, on a personal note because um, I, I like to learn and yet when I'm learning, 
it can stress me out. And I know when I did my first webinar prior to that, my husband and I were practicing in two different rooms and I was like just about screaming at him and yelling because mm-hmm. I couldn't work the, the you know, the buttons and the levers and, and stuff. And uh, I think it's really interesting for our listeners today to think about, you know, what are their learning styles? And then also for our leaders and managers, if they're putting their team members in a situation where they're wanting them to learn different things, then what's the environment that they're creating for them? So I think what we might do, Hemda, is just take a quick break now. And when we come back, listeners, you want to be be with us because Hemda's going to talk to you now about what you can do to assist that to assist your employees to be able to learn and to make those changes and transitions and stay with us we'll be right back when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. listening to reclaim your freedom with shirley dalton if you have a question or a comment about the program please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com again that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com now back to reclaim your freedom and we're back and we're talking to Hemda Mizrahi and Hemda works with executives and elite performers and elite athletes and in Hemda's experience she has found what you need to do to be able to create uh, good learning environments and I'm not going to put words in Hemda's mouth I'm going to let the expert mm-hmm. talk about this <laughs> but we we mentioned that there were uh four parts to developing our learning tactics. The first one was feelings. The second one was thinking. Um, tell us more about three and four, please. Sure. So one of, one of the ones that I found actually to be very important for me to have more clarity on is the action learning mm-hmm. tactic. And 
that has to do with confronting challenges head on by actually throwing yourself into a situation. So let's say you're the manager of a factory and mm-hmm. you find out that there are some issues going on with production. You actually show up, show up at the factory, you take a look at the production line and you just jump right in. Mm-hmm. And that means that you may not necessarily be or feel equipped to handle the situation but you're building the confidence that you're going to learn by doing, by immersing yourself in that situation. Just like if you're learning a foreign language and you immerse yourself in that particular country, it helps the learning process, right? Or uh-huh. a child who takes apart a toy, you might think that's, you might look at the child in horror. You see this <laughs> toy all over the place. But the idea around it is that, you know, the kid may have, this confidence that he or she can put it back together. And so many of us who are maybe a little bit or a lot risk averse, Mm -hmm. we're very much about planning and preparation may have a hard time with this action tactic. Yeah. Well, my husband um, was a fitter and machinist and worked in industry. And as a kid growing up, he used to do exactly that. He used to, (laughs) To break apart things, you'd know, break a watch and um, and then put it back together with glee. <laughs> there you go, and he learned probably learned pretty quickly. He did, yeah, yeah, and he is able to put things together, yeah, absolutely. So, and what's the fourth one? The fourth one actually is something that very often the guests I've had on my show, who are high performers, actually reinforce this, which is that you access the tactics that other people use, which means that you enlist the expertise and the guidance of people who have already achieved the goals or handled the types of situations that you're working on. Okay. So would that be like a consultant and coach or would that be specifically somebody who has done what, what you're wanting to do? I'm just thinking of, say, somebody like Tiger Woods, you know, is... Is that looking at somebody growing up that had already achieved what he wanted or is that, say, having a, a coach to come in and help him to work on his particular techniques? Exactly. So you can learn by observation of someone who is able to execute a particular skill that you mm-hmm. would like to acquire. You can participate in training programs. There are various learning tools that you can use, but the idea is that you might gain perspective from someone else and that might turn things around for you, right? So it's not always just a knowledge base or a skill. Sometimes it's a particular way of looking at life or insight that might change things for you. Mm, and and uh, that reminds me of when I was working um, in the franchise organization and often I would sit in my office and I would have calls from the franchisees and they would ask me a question and then my first question to myself is, hmm, what would my boss say? How would he answer this? And so that's what you're saying there, that it's, it's not just the knowledge and the skill, but, but thinking about, well, how would somebody else do that? Absolutely. And sometimes you're actually tapping into that person to give you confidence in the moment. If it's a great basketball player, and my husband was telling me the other day about a player who would get booed frequently, and he engaged that energy and performed at his best 
during those moments when he was booed. And so if, if you're in a situation like that, right, sometimes actually really connecting with that person, in a sense, you're, you're it's almost like uh, we use the word channeling, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're channeling that person and you're saying, well, let me be him for a moment mm-hmm. as yeah. I respond to this situation in a way that brings out the best in me. Mm-hmm. So, so when we started looking at these learning tactics, we were talking about change and you were saying that um, to help us navigate the change, we become more versatile in how we learn. And, um, and these are the, the four things. I just, I just want to get my head around this so that I can um, make sure that our listeners have got it. And um, so the, uh, the, the four things that we can do is the feeling. So acknowledging how we're feeling, like me, where I get cranky when I can't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know once I've got it, I'm, I'm fine. I know that every time I learn something, if it's difficult, I'm going to go through getting cranky Uh, that's it that's just part of what happens Uh, and that might be the same or different for our listeners and thinking then looking you said logic and analysis of hypotheticals so um, I'm thinking maybe case studies where you might be um, looking into those and then of course action where we just get in and do it and then the final one was to access tactics that other people use. So, Hemda, if, if I'm a leader or a supervisor in my organisation and we're wanting people to change, can I set up experiences like this to help them or am I just noticing that about my employees and creating some sort of environment in which to um, help them to navigate that change? Well, I think that it's really helpful to use assessment instruments mm-hmm. to give people information. And it helps to guide your efforts as a manager and senior leader for each mm-hmm. person to have information that's very specific to them, where when you see it in a data form, in a report form, then oftentimes people, you get that buy-in right? Because change requires buy-in. And so just like if you did a 360 assessment and you wind up seeing where the overlapping places are that people agree, there's consensus on areas that they see you as being very strong as a leader and areas where they see that you could do some work. Mm -hmm. It helps to have the data in order to focus your efforts. So as a manager, you're supporting that change process but you have the employee engaged and in a, in a place where they're willing to work toward the change. Mm-hmm. And I know when we were discussing our interview for today, you were mentioning an example of a lady who you were able to use an assessment with her to help her to reconnect with her strengths Uh, And I think that would be worth sharing with our listeners today because some of our leaders may well have employees or team members that they're working with that might be in a similar situation. Sure. I consulted with J.P. Morgan Chase for over 13 years and my role was multifaceted. They are focused on leadership development, it focused on performance, and it also focused on helping to facilitate transitions. And part of that was through all the different mergers that occurred 
the restructurings that resulted from it. So I had one client who was an exceptionally talented individual. Her position was eliminated and she actually got a job really quickly back within the organization, except Mm -hmm. the job that she got actually wasn't very well suited to her. Mm -hmm. And so she came out of that role. Her position was eliminated again But this time she suffered a lot in terms of her confidence because she had really tried to be successful in that role and she just wasn't positioned to be successful. And so she was very down and she lost a lot of weight. And we had a number of sessions and I thought to myself, let me try this assessment and see if that might help to give her a boost and get her back on track in terms of her focus. Mm-hmm. And this is an assessment that's accessible to everyone free of charge. It's called the VIA Character Strengths Assessment. If you Google Authentic Happiness, it'll take you to the Authentic Happiness website of the University of Pennsylvania, which is based on positive psychology research, which mm-hmm. is the science of thriving. And basically, it's all positive. So it's really a feel good experience. And it takes a look at 25 character traits and ranks them for you so that you can take a look at what your top traits are and what that means for you in terms of the world of work. How does that translate in terms of what you're able to offer organizations, what your value adds are? Mm -hmm. And so in doing, you know, so I asked her at a later point, how did you bounce back? What, What was it that you feel really helped you? And she said doing that assessment was a turning point for her. So she was able to gain the confidence because she had a data and some reports there that were saying, hey, here's what you're really good at. And when she looked at what she was really good at and the position that she had been placed in where she didn't thrive, they didn't match. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So the idea is to be able to identify the conditions that support you in flourishing in your life at large and in your career. And a part of that is to continue to stay connected with what your strengths are and to be able to use those strengths also to meet the challenges that you're facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, again, that was the uh, VIA character strengths, as in uh, V-I-A. And did you say authentic leadership or authentic happiness? If you Google authentic happiness, you'll get to the authentic happiness website of the University of Pennsylvania. Okay. And there are a number of inventories that you can actually complete. They're free of charge if you create an account. Okay, great. Well, I know I'm a big fan of assessments and we we use a number of them. I have not personally done the 360-degree feedback, but I hear that it, it is exceptionally good because you're getting feedback from people all around you, not not just below you, particularly if you're a leader, uh, sorry, not just above you. And um, uh, I'd like to hear a little more about that for our uh, listeners because uh, many people I've experienced, they get promoted to a leadership position because they're very good technically at what they do. But then when they become a leader and a manager, it's a completely different set of skills and uh, set of tasks that they're now being responsible for. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And in addition to the 360, there's also another assessment from the Center for Creative Leadership 
that takes a look at handling common challenges that managers face. So you actually complete this assessment and you get some feedback on how, how you're doing in terms of managing those common challenges like career transitions or gaining buy-in for change initiatives. Okay. All right. And that was the Center for Creative Leadership. Exactly. All right. Well, it's time for us to have a quick break. When we come back, uh, listeners, you want to stay with us because what we're going to do is to look at the um, exit strategy for you. We've talked a little bit about the um, learning tactics and now we're going to look at the difference between recruiting and onboarding and then the exit strategies for your employees or your organisation. Stay with us. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. And, you know, it's really interesting for me. Uh, one of the things that we've been talking about with Hemda, who is a executive and leadership development uh, expert and coach and I mentioned earlier that I was feeling quite nervous and I'm noticing that I'm I'm not as free-flowing and so I just want to acknowledge that so hopefully it'll go away and we can get into <laughs> me being more relaxed and having a conversation instead of sitting here thinking oh dear oh dear Hemda's another radio show host you know <laughs> instead of just having a conversation like we would normally do and like we have you know as we've been talking about getting ready for today so there you are listeners a little bit of vulnerability coming out there so hopefully that's gone now 
So we mentioned in our introduction that, and I also want to acknowledge Hemda too, because you actually gave me some coaching during the break, and uh, that's how good you are that uh, I'm able to bounce back. So there's a little plug for you too. (laughs) I want to give you a plug because you already are implementing the learning tactic of feelings and acknowledging feelings and how they're impacting behavior. So thank you for illustrating that so well. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad we're not on video because I'm sitting here red-faced, let me tell you. (laughs) So, So we mentioned in our introduction that most companies plan for recruiting and onboarding employees, but few plan for employee and organization exit strategies. So let's have a talk about that. I think it's good from the lens of the organization to take a look at this first from the outlook of the employee because I have executives who come to me looking to work on exit strategies. So obviously there's some sensitivity around this topic. And in in many contexts, the topic of exit is often treated as being taboo. So many of the executives who reach out to me to do this type of planning feel uncomfortable about revealing to their employers well in advance their intention to leave the organization. So they're concerned that if they bring up the topic of an exit too soon, they might be written off, so to speak, uh-huh. treated and seen as being less relevant. So something along the lines of, well, you're not planning to stick around for much longer, so you're not as important or valuable to us anymore. Mm, the love gets turned off. Right, or in some cases, especially in environments where there's very sensitive and confidential information like legal environments. One person I knew handed in her resignation and was planning to facilitate a, a smooth transition and she was let go immediately. Mm, so there wow. was really no opportunity. So, so I think that what happens is when employees are made to be less relevant because they're in route out of the company, that the organization could be missing out on some great value adds from that person. And so what I suggest as the first step in exit preparation is to actually treat the exit as part of the continuum of an employee's performance. So part of the, the life cycle of employment in which the employee is still considered to be a relevant member of the organization. Mm-hmm. Should I say so, more about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and also want to uh, just talk about too how um, the supervisor or the employer sometimes takes it a little personally too. And I think then that can get in the way as well. But please go on. This is fascinating. Well, one of the important things, and I was just working with an executive on this who was the president of a mid-sized company about a few thousand employees, and he came to me uh, because he pretty much didn't have a lot of gas left of in, in his tank. Uh-huh. You know, he had reached a point where he'd been with the company for almost two decades and was looking to make a transition because it wasn't sustainable anymore as a lifestyle. Uh-huh. And so, one of the questions, and and so interestingly enough, he presented a proposal to the CEO of the company to transition out gradually over the course of a three-month period. And the CEO said, can you stay longer? We need you to stay longer. And so that was a dilemma Mm -hmm. that this person was facing. And so I asked, how much gas do you have left in your tank? (laughs) 
And, and the answer was enough to last three months. Mm-hmm. And when I asked what the person's goals were, what was important about that transition period, the executive having given so much across so many years wanted to maintain a positive legacy. And we know how quickly our legacy can be dismantled. It takes so long to build and it could be dismantled quickly when there's an exit Mm-hmm. that doesn't really reflect the contributions that you've made. So the question that I asked was, well, what is the value that you can bring during this transition that no one else can replicate? You're uniquely suited to, to do this. And the person said that I can be a historian and a guide because I have the greatest longevity with the company. I know all of the ins and outs of the transitions and I can help to really create a bridge between the existing leadership and the new leadership. And I asked if that was feasible to accomplish within a three-month period, and the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. So it was a a different perspective was assumed in that conversation because the issue is that when you're taking a look at exit planning, you want to oftentimes redefine the role of the person who's making the transition. So is that the employee or the employer or both? Who's doing the redefinition? Mm. They would do it in collaboration. You know, as, and as an example, the executive that I was referencing in this story wouldn't have been able to exit within a three-month period if he had assumed the same hands-on directive responsibilities that he mm-hmm. had. He needed to switch his role. And it made sense also because he needed to equip other people to be able to facilitate the more hands-on operations direction. Mm -hmm. So I think that the idea around this is that there's more transparency in the process. There's a collaborative conversation that takes place around what the needs of the organization are, how the organization can best be positioned for success through this transition and the employee as well. Yes, yeah, so what you're looking for there is really a win-win. And and I think um, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that sometimes we forget that it is a natural process of evolution, that people are going to come and they are going to leave at some point. Like in, in this gentleman's case, I'm presuming it was a gentleman, um, it, it was 20 years, you know, almost. You said two, two decades. That's a long time. But in other cases, it might be two years or five years where people feel like they've reached their use-by date and they want to get another opportunity or they want to move on to learn something. Um, And I think that that we forget that. And what I'm hearing from you here is that the more transparent we are, then the uh, employee is going to feel safer or more confident to be able to speak up and say, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm looking at moving on without that fear of, um, like your lawyer, I marched out that day or the very next day. And, and similarly for the employers, that to treat this not as a personal affront that somebody is leaving the organisation, but that it, it's natural evolution, it's going to happen. Right. And es- essentially when exit happens, when exits happen, generally speaking, there's some kind of perceived incompatibility between the employee and the organization. Mm-hmm. Meaning sometimes you say, well, my, my time here is complete. Mm-hmm. 
I've done what I can, or maybe the organization perceives that there's no longer a fit mm-hmm. in terms of its direction. So the idea around this is that although we focus in our conversation on the transition period, you set the stage for the exit by actually integrating it at all of the various stages of the life cycle of an employee, right? And that could include the conversations that you have during the hiring and onboarding processes, Mm -hmm. during feedback conversations and performance reviews, in the plans that you make for professional development along with the employee and also in conversations about career pathing. Where are you looking to go from here? What are the skill sets and knowledge base that you're looking to grow? Because sometimes what happens is that an employee can perceive that they need to make an exit in order to further their growth. But if you actually have these conversations, then there could be other needs the employee could fill that would actually create a win-win for the employee and the organization. And in that way, you could potentially increase the lifespan of a productive employee. Mm-hmm. So, so um, what I'm hearing there is that in some cases, employees might think that the opportunities that they want don't exist where they are and so their solution is well I'll leave and get it somewhere else and what you're saying that is if we're more transparent and open and we say hey this is where I'd like to go these are the things that I'd like to grow and develop in that there may actually become an opportunity within that organization. Exactly. So I'm going to ask a bit of a curly question and uh, we've got about two minutes till break here. Why is it that we don't seem to be able to be open and honest? What holds us back from having these conversations? Well, part of it could be a, a perception that there's some kind of lack of loyalty. Mm-hmm. So it comes back to the perspective that you talked about, which is that it's very natural, just like in the course of relationships, for people to reach a point where maybe they have outgrown the context and they're looking to part and we don't need to take it so hard. We -hmm. can take it as something that's just a very organic growth process. So I, I think that that's one element in terms of departures that especially when someone has been so invested and contributed so much that they feel a sense maybe of guilt in thinking about departing and working toward departing. Mm-hmm. And, and I also like that you mentioned that um, because we know that this is a life cycle and you know it might be a short life cycle or it might be a long life cycle, but to have those conversations you mentioned right from the get-go, right when we're hiring and onboarding people and then uh, as we give them the feedback on their performance and talk to them about their personal development opportunities and their career pathing. So... Listeners, if you're in this leadership position or if you're supervising people and even for yourself, now have a think about what Hemda is suggesting here, that if you can be open and transparent and, uh, you know, I can see some people would be nodding and other people would be going, oh, no, not in my organisation. So we might talk a little bit about that when we come back. 
but it's certainly something to to look at and to, as, as Hemda says, not take it so personally. It's not a lack of loyalty and it's not necessarily an incompatibility. But really, we want to be talking about how we can be open and honest and transparent with each other and then look at transitioning and um, going through these change as they happen naturally. Anyway, we're going to take a short break and when we come back, Hemda, you can explain to us uh, what else we can do about this. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to reclaim your freedom with shirley dalton if you have a question or a comment about the program please send an email to questions at dalton business systems.com again that's questions at dalton business systems.com now back to reclaim your freedom welcome back well you know listeners that uh, i just love talking about leadership and personal development and personal growth and of course learning and uh, my goodness me we're getting such an education today with Hemda so thank you so much really appreciate it. We were talking just a little bit before we went to the break and uh, I could see some people nodding their head and agreeing and saying yeah that's really good and we could start to implement that in our organisation and then for other people I could see them almost shaking their head and saying no way that wouldn't work. So Hemda what advice do you have for people there in the oh no this wouldn't work in our organisation. What can they do to um, perhaps instigate it now, to, to just start to start to put some things like this in place. Well, we started to talk about that if you actually integrate exit strategy planning at the start of an employee's experience, during the hiring, hiring process, during onboarding, during feedback 
conversations, performance appraisals. The idea is that when we talk about exits, we're, it's a form of transition. And you want, just like couples do, en route to either staying together or separating, many couples might get counseling to ensure that they've explored all the avenues before they make a more permanent decision. And so that might have a little bit of a negative connotation, but what I'm talking about actually is very positive, that in the life of an employee, what you want to do on an ongoing basis is make sure that you are attending to your own growth within the organization. And you can take some initiative around that as an employee. When I did career advancement coaching at J.P. Morgan Chase, one of the important things that we worked on were value propositions. And so those were situations where the employee said, there are these unmet needs that I see in the organization, and I think that I'm well equipped to meet those needs. And so this could create a wonderful development opportunity for me, and it would create an amazing win for the organization, especially if we can tie our value proposition proposal to bottom line benefits like saving money or -hmm. generating new business. So the idea around this is that you want to explore all of the options to maximize the experience that you have within an organization. And that works to your credit. If you reach a point where you feel that you've maxed the different options and your life maybe is moving on a different course, like the executive I mentioned who was looking for a different lifestyle, Mm -hmm. then that becomes a more natural conversation to have. I've had such a, a productive experience within the organization. There have been so many accomplishments. And now my needs are a little bit different. My priorities are different. And I'm looking to make a transition, and I'd like to do this in a way that's the most productive possible in collaboration with the organization so that it could be a really positive and celebratory experience. Mm, Yes, I like it. That's uh, listeners, did you get that? You know, that it, it can absolutely be a win win and uh, focusing on the exit strategy right from the word go and then uh, taking your own initiative for your own growth and development. I love it. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, one other question that I've got, we've got a couple of minutes before we, um, we finish up for today. Boohoo. Um, tell me, Hemda. In your experience, what makes a perfect team? I'm going to actually cite some research around this, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And there was a New York Times article last February, in February of 2016, that talks about what Google learned, the company Google, we all know Google, Mm -hmm. from its quest to build the perfect team. And so Google conducted very extensive research and In that course, it came upon the research of a group of psychologists from a few different colleges. And what they discovered was something that Google confirmed in its own research and which I have found to be true, which is that psychological safety was a really critical marker in teams that thrived compared to those that didn't. And what that meant in practice was that team members had about the same amount of airtime or talk mm-hmm. time, as you might put it. They contributed in relatively equivalent ways. And they also demonstrated what's called social sensitivity, which means that 
they could actually tune into other people on the team, to their feelings, to their thoughts, based on both verbal cues, like their tone of voice, or nonverbals, like their facial expression. Mm-hmm. And that's a key marker of a team that's productive, and it translates also to a work environment that's productive, where people feel like there's an ease that they have, there's a comfort they have in being able to express themselves. So is there something that we can do to create that or to improve that if we don't currently have it? Well, I think being mindful of these characteristics is really important, Mm -hmm. is that that's where strengths inventories can be very helpful so that you can be very deliberate in engaging people's strengths so that they can shine in their work and also identifying areas that will help them to develop and be more successful. So doing Uh those concrete assessments, I would say, is very important. And also taking a look at the team dynamics that are in play. Is everyone contributing? Does someone seem left out? Okay, and and if I'm a supervisor, you know, often um, we if we don't want the answer, we don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so what do you say to, say to that? Well, you as a supervisor, one of your core talents actually has is about engaging the resources that you have. So you don't have to do everything yourself, right? And that <laughs> way, people can be more successful. So, the idea is to see how the team can support one another in thriving. Mm -hmm. And you can take a look at people who have certain strengths and areas that other people need to develop and you could pair them Mm -hmm. and say, how about you work together and collaborate together and help the other person improve in areas where you excel. Mm -hmm. Which comes back to our learning tactics that we started with there where we're in, um, improving the learning environment and Im- improving our own learning tactics you were talking about earlier as well. Exactly, right. So the assessment process I find to be very important in terms of giving you information that you can use to help yourself as a manager to be able to engage the people on your team in okay, the service Hemda. of one another. We, we have about 10 seconds, so quickly, where can people find out more about you? My contact information is on my website, lifeandcareerchoices.com, and I welcome you to reach out to me with any questions that you might have about some of the topics we talked about today. Okay, and uh, listeners, I, I would encourage you to do that. So quickly, we're out of time, which is a real boo-hoo. Um, Hemda, thanks so much for talking with us today. I know I certainly learned a lot and we'll definitely be restructuring our recruitment onboarding process to also include exit strategies. As always, listeners, I encourage you to take what you've learned today and implement that into your business or organisation so that you too can continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, relax just a bit and have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend and we'll see you here for the next show. Thank you.